Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guests and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 185 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Now, this week we're diving into all things Instagram strategies, and we've got an incredible guest I can't wait for you to meet. But before I bring her in, I wanted to really quickly kind of give an update on an episode from a couple of weeks ago. I posted an episode, episode 183, that was all about how to grow your business without living your life fully on social media, without spending so much time on social media. And that episode was a result of my feelings around burnout and allowing Instagram and allowing social media to dictate how I felt throughout my day. And so as we go into this episode, because we're going to be talking Instagram and Instagram strategies and the power that Instagram has, which guys, I'm fully behind using social media for marketing. It is such an incredible, powerful, free marketing tool we have available at our disposal. We should all be taking advantage of it. However, I felt like I was getting to a point in using social media that it was affecting my day-to-day moods and feelings and imposter syndrome, comparison, all the things. So I needed to take a little step back, step back, take a little break, and slowly work my way back into having a really good relationship with social media. And I'm in the process of building that relationship back up so that I'm using social media as the tool and the marketing ability that it has and building connections and finding the the right people there to build those connections with. And so as we get into our episode today, talking about these Instagram strategies, I wanted to remind you that everything I'm putting out here is me sharing expert advice and opinions and thoughts and ideas and strategies so that you can take them all, put them through the filter of what works and feels good for you and your business and implement the ones that are going to work for you. Not everything is going to work for you and in the same way it works for somebody else. And so As you're listening to this episode and these strategies, I want you to put them through the filter of, will this work in my business and does it feel like something that I'm going to be excited about and that it's not going to cause me to burn out? If someone came to me today and said, okay, Kendra, in order to grow your business, you have to be on Twitter and you have to be on there six times a day because that's how fast Twitter moves. That piece of advice is not making it pass through the filter of my business because that is not something that's going to feel good for me. And so I wanted to kind of preface this episode because if you're listening to my show on a regular basis, which I hope you are, and you've listened to the episode 183 and you're like, Kendra, you just told us you were taking a break and now here you are giving us strategies. This is the reason why. Because Instagram is a really, really powerful, great, amazing tool that I love I just want to love it in a way that feels really good to me. So 
All right, guys, I'm stepping off my soapbox now, and I'm going to introduce you to our incredible guest. Guys, we have Jen Herman from Jen's Trends. If you are not familiar with Jen's Trends, I want you to hit pause right now, or I guess you don't have to hit pause, but just go over to your Instagram or Facebook, find Jen's Trends, and start following her. She has a Facebook group. She's on Instagram. She has a newsletter that is incredible. If you want to know all the things happening on Instagram, she is your go-to person. And not just Instagram, like social media in general. But she's incredible. I was so honored that she agreed to be on our show. And I cannot wait for y'all to hear our conversation. She's a social media consultant, speaker, globally recognized Instagram expert. She's the forefront blogger on Instagram marketing. um, And her blog is called Jen's Trends. And it's won the title of top 10 social media blogs over multiple years. She's a sought-after and international speaker, providing tips, resources, trainings for organizations of all sizes that need to structure their social media strategies. And guys, she's here on the Girl Means Business Podcast. I cannot wait. So let's get to my conversation with Jen Herman. All right, guys, I am super excited today to welcome Jen Herman from Jen's Trends here today. Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited too. So I found you through Katie Brinkley, who is my business bestie. And I know you were on her podcast and she was like, you need to chat with Jen. You'll love her. I immediately like went and started like binging all of your things um, and fell in love with you. So I was like, ah, I have to have her on to talk about Instagram because I can talk about Instagram all day and I'm excited to kind of have it out with you and get some ideas of what your thoughts are. But first, I want to hear about your background. How did you become kind of the go-to person for Instagram? Well, you know, it's it's always a funny story because it's like, I'm like, I did not wake up one day and was like, I'm going to teach Instagram. Um, I really fell into it. And so it's been over nine years since I started my blog. It's been about nine and a half years. I started my blog as a hobby and it was literally just teaching social media and kind of strategy and talking about trends, but there was no business plan. It was like a hobby blog, right? Um, and this was back nine years ago when Instagram was still relatively young and was still just a good square photo with like the old school filters. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> right? The good old days. Uh, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, if I'm going to have this blog, I have to understand Instagram. I can't ignore it. And so I fell in love with the app for the reasons of, you know, the community behind it and the photography and the filters. And it was just a really fun app and I loved it. But I was like, okay, well, that's great. How do you use it? Like, how do you do this for business? And so I started Googling and doing what, you know, normal people do. Um, but no one had any good content out there. And I was like, well, all right, let's let's wing it. Uh, and so I started blogging about it. And I had one blog every week that went out dedicated to Instagram strategies. And so within about six months, I was number one on Google because I was creating constant content around it. Um, my superpower is strategy. Like if you come to me and say, how should I do this? I figure it out. It's, it's just my superpower. So I was coming up with all this really creative content and really helpful business content. And then, you know, 
it started with podcast interviews and then I got invited to speak on stages. And it, so it was never the business plan in any way, shape or form. Uh, but it fell into, into my lap in that way. And I love it and it's fun. And I've been lucky to be able to ride this train for the last nine years. And now I have amazing people around the world and even, you know, people like Katie or, you know, whomever who will reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I just saw this pop up in mind. Have you seen this? Or when people get beta access in other countries, They'll either give me access to their account or they'll take screenshots for me so that we can talk about it with the broad audience so everyone can see it, even though I don't have access. So I I, I do a lot, but I can't take all the credit. I'm lucky to have a very broad network of amazing human beings around the world who who help me do what I do. That's amazing. And I think that's so true. It's I, I know for my story, a lot of it is just you kind of follow the path that comes in front of you. And yeah. so I love that you're saying like, no, I didn't wake up and say like, I want to be the Instagram person. I just kind of followed what was needed yeah. and filled in a gap. So I'm curious why blogging it? Like, especially now with like, you know, there's tons of people doing like YouTube trainings and um, podcasts. So was, is blogging something that you were already comfortable with? Yeah, it was one of those things where it again, nine years ago, you know, things were different. Um, but I am, I can write, like I I can communicate orally. It, it works. I can communicate, obviously, but I can't keep my thoughts straight as well when I'm talking. When I'm writing, I am so fluid and concise and and I can crank out a thousand word blog post in like a half now. Like it's easy for me to create it. So it was a natural form of content versus going through video editing and, you know, recording this and then cropping and editing and adding bumpers and all these things that I was like, I need technology and I need resources to do that. But a blog, I could whip it up and hit publish, you know, without going through four editors and all these other things, because writing comes very naturally to me. So that was my natural progression. Um, But it's interesting because over all these years, I don't blog as much now as I used to, but I still use Instagram. It's a micro blog. I write very long content a lot of times on Instagram and I've built my audience around people who read. (laughs) So (laughs) if you want videos, yes, I do some Instagram reels, but I'm not the video person. I don't usually communicate with video. I tend to be like, Hey, great. Here's the blog post. Great. Here, go read the Instagram caption. Cause it's just an easier way for me to communicate. And I think in business, we, we need to know where our strengths are. And if it's going to take me three weeks to produce a video, but an hour to produce written content, I'm going to do the hour and get the content out. And, you know, maybe I hire somebody who can then turn it into a video or something later, but it's easier to just get the content out and have it as a resource for people who can find it when they need it. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things there that I like, I'm always taking notes. So I'm like jotting things down that you've said that I love and one of them I kind of paraphrased was like, find what's easy for you. And I try to teach that a lot in business is that there is no one way to do things. And, you know, I'm working with a coaching client now where I'm like, you know, maybe like podcasting is great because it's easy for me. I tried blogging and it, I, it doesn't come easy for me yeah. talking, having conversations that's easy for me. So find your easy and lean into that. Yeah. And I love that you have done that and that you've kind of been like, no, this is what this is how I best express myself. And I'm not going to try to become something else just to fit 
you know, into YouTube or into whatever else other people are doing. So that's awesome. And that's the thing that people are going to find the content, right? Like some people prefer video and I do have YouTube videos and I do have Instagram reels and I do, you know, video interviews. Like I have tons of video content out there, but even when I do my YouTube video, I literally hit record and zoom and then I hit upload. (laughs) I don't edit. I don't put bumpers. I don't put anything in there because I'm like, it's just, it doesn't work for me. And I'd rather have the content out there mm-hmm. because like we're saying, like if people want it, they're going to find it and they will be able to consume it. And I think too many of us get stuck in the the mire of perfection. And if I'm going to put this up on YouTube, it has to have the right thumbnail and it has to have the right bumper and it has to have the right caption. And while those things matter, I'm not saying they don't. If that's not your strength, just get the content up there and do other content that is your strength. And that's, people will still find it. They're going to get that resource from you, no matter how you put it up there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm one of those people that I still like to read blog posts. Like I, a lot of times I'm searching for things on my phone or my iPad or whatever. And it's when there's kids around me, I'm not going to sit there and listen to a video, but if I can read through a blog post while my kids are watching cartoons next to me, that's way easier for me. Yeah. And I think that that's key too, is that with, you know, and we'll get into this in a little bit with all the Instagram stuff is everybody's pushing video, video, video. Yeah. You mentioned you were like, I've built an audience of people who want to read yeah. these longer captions, these blog posts. There, those people are still out there. They and are. so if you are creating that content, you're going to find those people. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that. that's the key, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can't please everybody. You cannot like, I am not for everybody. I am not everybody's cup of tea. Let me tell you that. Okay. A lot of people love me. A lot of people don't, but I'm not trying to please the people who aren't my people. Like I'm not here to make them happy or impress them. I'm here to put out my content my way. And that attracts my tribe. The people who learn the way that I teach, the people who learn the way I create content or consume the way I create content. They're the ones that are going to flock to me. And the other ones will get what they get out of it, or they will go find somebody else. And that's okay. There, It's a big enough C for all of us. Exactly. Absolutely. That's like business lesson, like right there. One, right. Like just <laughs> you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to get into Instagram. So yeah. just, just in general, what was it or what is it about Instagram that you were drawn to? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do.
So initially it was really the, like the visual component, the photography. I'm, I have a creative side of my brain and I love and appreciate good photography. Um, so being able to scroll through and see beautiful images and telling a story through a photo versus something like, you know, you get on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and it's the, all the things there's videos and text and links and it's chaos. Whereas over on Instagram, it was just very visual and it was very pretty and it was, it's a very calming environment for me as well. Um, but I also love the community and I love how it's, it's different now. Things have changed a little bit, especially with the world of reels. Um, but there's still that, that ability on Instagram that, you know, you connect with somebody and you comment on their post and like five minutes later, you're besties and you may live in different countries, but you realize like looking through their profile, you're like, oh my gosh, you're a mom like me. And, and you talk like I talk and you create content like I do. And there's this immediate kind of like symbiotic relationship that forms. And I have so many stories of friends that I have, I am dear, incredible friends with now, but they started off as just a connection on Instagram. And the same thing applies to business. Like you're able to build this loyalty and build this relationship with your audience that yes, all social media does it. I'm not saying other platforms don't do it, but I've always found that the way Instagram is built, the older versions, <laughs> that it's really good for building and fostering that type of community and those, those more personalized relationships. So as somebody who is more that customer service centric business, that is a huge draw for me. Yeah. That was kind of my draw too. There, I like how you said it just kind of has like an a comforting feeling to it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't give me the anxiety and the stress that some of the other platforms do, you know, like I do, I feel like sometimes I go, I don't even really go into Twitter anymore because I feel like it's just constant, like bad news and all this stuff. I'm like, no, whereas Instagram, same thing. It always kind of felt like a, like a safe space to go and build connections and relationships. And it's true. Like it's, that's the magic of Instagram is the connections because For some reason, it's easier, in my opinion, or it feels easier to send somebody a DM or to respond to an Instagram story and start a conversation. Whereas whatever, I don't know why, but like if I go over to Facebook and someone sends me a DM, I'm like, oh, what are you trying to sell me? Like what's happening? Here? Right. I literally am like, I don't want to check that message. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I just leave that in the request folder for a while. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And I know that this is where we get into like the, the newer parts of Instagram, you know, with all of the updates that Instagram has been doing over the last several years, there's this kind of this movement of like, make Instagram, Instagram again. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that we, that's we can't, valid... we can't disclose or we can't, you know, discredit the fact that the Kardashian Jenners have possibly salvaged Instagram, right? For... <laughs> doing something good in the world for a change. I get, yeah, it's it was crazy that I saw that like they had like started this movement. I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Right. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like with Instagram, the magic that we were just, you know, describing has started to fade a little bit and I'm hopeful that it's going to all come back, but I'm curious to know, I know this is kind of a broad question, but what are your thoughts on sort of the way Instagram has been evolving over the last couple of years? It's, it's a big question. Um, you know, and it's one of these things where someone made this comment and it perfectly summed up how I felt. And it's that 
Instagram is more focused right now. Well, Meta, AKA Instagram is more focused right now on taking down TikTok than keeping their users happy. And I think that's what this very recent reversal by the head of Instagram, Adam Mazzari, is acknowledging, um, that they have tried too hard to take down TikTok. And I think back in the day of Snapchat and when they created stories and they really kind of did take down Snapchat. I mean, Snap is still around and it still exists, but, but Instagram made stories what we now know in the world of stories, even though it originated on Snapchat. Yeah. And I think they thought TikTok would be an easier takedown and it hasn't been. And rather than just be like, okay, let's surrender. They've dug the heels in and they have thrown more money and more resources to take down TikTok when I think they're better off being like, in my personal opinion, which, you know, means so much to the world of Instagram, but you know, it, I think they would be better off just saying, let TikTok be TikTok. Do what Instagram does. Like TikTok is great, but you don't get that connection. You don't get that relationship building on TikTok like you do on Instagram. Yes, some people obviously can build relationships. Again, I'm not saying they can't, but that magic of Instagram isn't in this type of video. And of course, there are business, you know, things to be considered, which is the fact that those of us, you know, later millennials that are aging out, you know, we're not the, the new upcoming generation the newer generation is TikTok. And so of course, Instagram's trying to be competitive and they, they want to stay relevant with that younger audience. And so I get it, but the big thing, and I think this is what they've realized. It was too much, too fast. Instagram has been evolving since it started whatever 12 years ago or however long it's been out it's always been evolving. It was never just about photos. It was never just about, you know, the filters. It's always been evolving, but it was like, oh, here, we're going to give you a tweak. Oh, we're going to introduce a video, but then we're not going to do anything for two more years. Right. Whereas in the last two years, we've had everything. <laughs> like we've had update, like double digit updates every month. We're averaging 12 to 14 updates every month. And with all the reels and the push and the shift in the layout, it's just, it's alienating too many people. And I think, fingers crossed, I'm hoping that they're now seeing that. Um, because even Adam Mazzari did make a comment about how the data supports that we're not happy as users, yeah. that we're not consuming, that we're not spending time on the platform. So hopefully they'll, it, it's not going to go away. They're not going to not do reels. They're not going to, you know, not stay competitive, but just maybe dial it back and bring us back to, what made Instagram great? Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, maybe they need to go listen to the beginning of this episode where you talked about like, you know, find what is your easy, like find, like yeah. you're not going to go try to be the next YouTube star. Your, your space is blogging and sharing longer yeah. form content. Like Instagram needs to take note of that, that like, yeah, like TikTok can be its thing. And then Instagram can be its thing. And a yeah. lot of people were drawn to Instagram because it isn't TikTok. And I think they, they lost sight of that a little bit, but like you said, I think they're correcting the ship hopefully. And they're going to maybe like pull back a little bit and actually listen, which is encouraging that they are listening to what their audience is saying. And I think that's a key part of business is that you have to be willing to listen to what your consumers are wanting from you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful. And, and like you said, videos not going away. Reels are not going away. You know, it's, it's just how we evolve as consumers. 
But I do think that there is a place on Instagram for all the things. I think there's a place for, you know, content like yours, which is longer form where people want to read and get the meat of it. And then there's also a place for people who want to share. Like I love sharing reels. I think they're fun, but there's a place for that too. So I'm, I'm hopeful that Instagram is going to be going back to a little bit more of giving everybody its own space within the app. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passions, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. We hope so. You know, and it's, again, it's one of those things where hopefully like you're saying they're listening to their audience. Hopefully they're looking at the data. Um, and you know, and I I've been saying I'm, I'm all for a unified feed. I'm all for take the stories, throw them in the feed, throw reels in the feed, throw regular feed posts in the feed. I'm all up for a unified feed. Just let me watch or consume what I want. It's the, it's the overwhelm of the, the, you know, the suggested content. It's the overwhelm of the reels because again, I'm not a video consumer. I, I literally don't have TikTok on my phone. I don't use it. (laughs) Like I'm (laughs) like one of the last few standing humans that doesn't have TikTok on my phone, but I'm there with you. Don't worry. I'm there. I'll I'll stand with you. (laughs) But I just, I don't consume that type of content. And for reasons like you were saying, like I've got my kid or I'm at work or I'm someplace busy where I can't turn on audio or I don't want to watch a video, glance away and come back and have missed half the video of a 15 second video. (laughs) I want content that I can consume at my pace. And so I think, you know, Instagram is acknowledged that, you know, they're not going to go all video, but of course, video consumption is up. Now, granted, they're also pushing reels down our throat. So of course, video consumption is up, but it's not going anywhere. People are consuming more videos and short form video is easier to consume than traditional, 
you know, YouTube videos that are five, 12 minutes long. So yes, we're going to still see that, but you know, and they've, they've now moved to all videos being in reels format. And I support this. I'm like, that's fine. Give us one standard format. You know, I'm tired of the, well, we got a square, we got a landscape, oh, we got yeah. a four by five, a nine by 16. I'm like, just tell me what you want. So moving to that unified video style, even though it's not traditional and it's hard for those of us who are currently filming on our desktops in landscape mode to translate that to vertical video, but at least if everything is one video type, whether that's stories, reels, or feed, great. We can unify our content. We can create one piece of content and know that it's going to work. But again, it's, we need to, we need to tread a little more slowly. I think Instagram, even Adam said he, something along the lines of we, we pushed too fast and we broke too much yeah. and something to that effect. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I appreciate that they are acknowledging it and they are, you know, willing to make changes. So yeah. that's helpful. Um, okay. So I want to get into kind of the business side of Instagram yeah. and as someone who like, I, so I started using Instagram originally with my photography business because it was a great place to share visual image, you know, graphics and images in my photography. And then once I started my coaching brand, it was a great way to transition over into that. And I've seen that like with this, I think we forget that it's a free platform that allows us to reach an incredible audience. I mean, I have, I, it's weird. Half of my audience is like in Australia. It's so crazy. There's no way without having this type of platform, I could have reached that kind of audience. And so I just kind of like to just remind people, this is a free platform where you get to market your business without any cost to you. Yeah. But having said that, for someone who is looking to grow a business and wants to utilize Instagram to grow their business, what are kind of some of your top tips as far as like just getting started sort of at the baseline of coming into Instagram and going, I want to utilize this to help grow my business? Great question. Uh, so a couple things is, first of all, you have to optimize your bio. Um, so what a lot of people don't realize is that that little tiny amount of space, you've got your profile photo, you've got your username, you've got your name, and you've got your profile description. Your profile des description is technically 150 characters. Um, they were expanding that, but then I don't know if it stayed expanded and what's going on, but so assume 150 characters. Uh, but it's not a lot, right? That's like an old tweet length kind of thing. So it's not a lot of space, but you want to format this to optimize for search and you want to optimize for first time visitors. Because once somebody's following you, the only time they're coming to your profile is to usually go to one of the tabs or look at other content. They're not really reading your profile. So we want to make sure that you're writing this with two, three things in mind, who you are, what you do, and what's in it for them. This is not about you. This is about that first time visitor. It's your elevator pitch. It's your, you know, why do you care about me message? So you want to make sure you have really like bullet point format, super short, who you are, what you do. So they are like, oh, okay. Like, you know, if they look at mine, they can see I'm an Instagram expert. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. Like that's what I do. But then you add in a bit of personality as well, because it's Instagram. It's meant to be fun. This isn't LinkedIn. It's not your professional resume. So I have things on there like the fact that I'm mom to a mini fashionista because my young daughter is 
always stealing my clothes, um, you know, and all these things that add a little bit of personality and flair. And even if you're a bigger brand, you might have a very clear mission statement, or you might have something that is unique to, you know, your motivation or, or the reason behind your business. And that's a personal component that you can add. So you want that kind of stuff in there. And whether it's a call to action or, you know, it could be something like free download here, get your coupon code or, you know, follow us for X, Y, Z, um, you know, weekly tips on blah, 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 like whatever it is, there has to be some incentive that says, I need to follow this account. This matters to me because I'm going to get something of value out of it. Um, and then with that, you want to just think about, we're not keyword stuffing, you know, it, it's not 1999 in, in the old SEO worlds over here, but we want to think about the fact that now search there is keyword search on Instagram and the keyword search is looking at your profile description to see what your profile is about. It will also look at your captions for what your content is about and then your hashtags on your content. So if your content is all about, you know, mommy crafts, but your profile is all about being an engineer, <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, there, there could be a correlation, but the AI doesn't see that correlation. So if your if your content and your bio align, that's more likely to rank in more search results. Not to say that your everything has to be 100% aligned, but you want to keep those kind of keywords as to what your audience is looking for. So I know we like to give ourselves fun exciting titles like, you know, I'm the 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 head of, you know, people pleasing. Well, no AI knows what that means. Like, you know, <laughs> You're the COO. That that's a recognizable term to other people, right? So, what are people looking for? What are the terms that they would be using in your industry to find you? Um, you know, if you're a business coach, they're looking for a business coach, right? They're not looking for you know transformative investor of time. Like, no, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> so, think about those keywords that people are looking for. Put those things in your bio. And then you need to make sure that you're optimizing that link in bio, because aside from stories, you only get that one link. And that link in bio is your gold mine for business components. And ideally, it should not go to your homepage. Um, I always use the example that, you know, when we walk into Nordstrom's and you see that mannequin and you're like, oh, my God, I want that entire outfit. But if the shirt is on the third floor and the pants are on the second floor and the shoes are somewhere down in the clearance section and the belt can't be found, you don't get to buy the outfit. That's your homepage. Your homepage sends people to everything. However, if you walk into Nordstrom's and you see that mannequin and every piece of that outfit is standing right next to the mannequin, you grab everything you want, you go into the change room and you just walked out and spent $1,000 on a brand new outfit you did not need. But that's how link and bio works. So we want to send them to a dedicated landing page. That can be something a lot of people use things like link and bio or, you know, link tree or third-party tools. I recommend you recreate that on your own website. So you create a dedicated landing page on your website, mobile optimized, no pop-ups, no distractions, and just put the five or six things you typically promote on Instagram. So that might be your about page. It might be your sign up for your newsletter, you know, watch our videos, read the blog, whatever it is, those kind of key things. And possibly to like your e-commerce areas or whatever on your website. But that way, when they get there, now they can navigate exactly where you want them to go. You don't have to change that link every time you, you know, promote something new and you own that traffic. So now you're not going through a third-party tool. 
you own all that traffic because it's your website. So now your Google Analytics will tell you what's going on with that page. You can retarget all of those people with your Instagram advertising and your Facebook advertising. It's just a better cohesive way to pull everything together from a business perspective. I love everything you just said because it's exactly <laughs> what I tell people all the time. And not to say, because I used like Linktree for a while because it was an, it was an easy, quick fix. And I'm not a website designer, but when I switched over to my website, having like a dedicated landing page and just for anyone listening, I use show it as my website and they have tons of Instagram templates where you just nice. grab it and then it's ready. To, it's optimized for mobile. It's perfect. But yeah, that's so, it's so smart. And I think I love your analogy of the mannequin piece too, because that's, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to someone's bio. Cause I've been like, Oh, I want to see what they offer. And I click on it. It takes me to some sales page for something I didn't ask for. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want, I'm not ready to buy your $5,000 program. I just want to know like, what is this what free offer you were talking about? Or who are you as a person? And so having, yeah, that kind of menu where people can go and be like, oh yeah, I really want to grab this free download, or I really want to go to listen to their podcast or read their blog. Like that's so much easier than- And you get higher retention doing that, mm -hmm. right? Because even if they said, oh, look, like I want to sign up for the newsletter, go to Lincoln Bio. So I go to Lincoln Bio, there's the option to, you know, sign up for the newsletter, but there's also an option to, to watch your videos or to, you know, now I can navigate to your homepage or your about page, or I can go look and see your testimonials. I'm more likely to spend more time on your website, looking at more pages than just doing that one link, sign up for the email, and then I'm out. And I never did any more research on you. So you get higher retention, you get more traffic to your website, and it is a better lead generating concept when you're bringing people into the entire environment, not just like you said, that one landing page. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think that too, like, I mean, Instagram moves so fast Yeah. that like, if you're putting out one day, you're like, sign up for my newsletter, go to the link in bio. But then two days later, you're putting up a landing page for your new service or product. Someone yeah. still could find that post you did about your, you know, your sign up, and they go to it and they're like, well, wait a minute. Now she's not, not what it is. Yeah. yeah. And now they've lost a little bit of trust in you that yeah. no, like, it looks like factor. a bait and switch. Exactly. Cause they're like, wait a minute, this isn't what she was advertising just two days ago. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think it's a great, great. And I love that you broke down because people say all the time, optimize your bio. I mean, I've been guilty of this. I'm like, optimize your bio, but really breaking down what does that mean? And what does that actually look like has been really, really helpful. So I appreciate you giving us that actual like thorough breakdown of what that means. Of course. So what are some of the things that, um, okay, they've got their bio in place. Maybe they've, they've kind of gone back and like, okay, Jen, I'm going to go and redo my bio. It's going to be optimized for my audience. They know exactly who I am and what I do and how I can serve them. But now when it comes to content, so I know there's a ton of people out there saying a million different things about <laughs> how often to post content, what type of content, but for someone who's just getting into it and they feel a little overwhelmed by all the variety, do you have sort of like a path or something you're like, start here and work your way up to here? Or what are your recommendations? Yeah. It's what I usually tell people is I'm like, create as much high quality content as you can without driving yourself crazy. Um, that's the recipe for success. And that might be doing two posts a month. That's okay. 
you do not need to post every single day. And in fact, most brands should not post every single day. It's actually detrimental to try to post too much on the feed. Reels and stories are kind of an exception, but in general, the feed less is more because you actually want the highest possible quality content. The way the algorithm works is if somebody scrolls past your content and does not interact with it, that's negative ranking algorithmically. If they slow and just look at it a little bit longer, if they click dot dot more and read your caption, if they scroll through that carousel, watch the video, scroll back to see it, all of which we don't have metrics on, by the way, but that's all positive ranking algorithmically. So if you're creating mediocre content just for the sake of saying, oh, check the box, I posted to Instagram today, you're not serving your audience and you're not serving your business by creating that low-end content just for the sake of creating it. So instead, we want to go and look at what our audience wants. You're going to find this in your insights if you've been doing it for a while. If not, it's going to take some time to test. Usually, best advice is good, strong images. Um, we want something that's eye-catching, so not a lot of busy background. Like You want a good, empty background with a single point of focus. Uh, you want things with bolder colors, possibly, something with a big pop of color against a more muted background, something that's just eye-catching and going to get their attention. The color blue has been shown to increase engagement by about 20%. So throw in a blue prop, a blue sky, like any of those kind of things can help. But get the visual and then have a really good caption. We are so long past the days of like the one-liners or the zero caption. Like as a business, you should have a minimum of two to three paragraphs. A paragraph can be a long sentence. I tend to be long-winded if you haven't figured that out. Um, but two to three paragraphs at least that have some advantage to your audience, right? So telling more of the story, you've captured their attention with the image. What is it about? Like what was the motivation? What's the incentive? You know, what's the call to action? That sort of thing. So if you're posting one feed post a week, you're golden. Like that's that's good. If you can do more, do more. But even one a week is good. If you can do one reel a week, that would be amazing. Um, now that being said, reels are much harder to create. They're time consuming. And then there's editing. And then you got to edit the cover photo. And then you got to write the caption and add your, your hashtags. And then you got to upload it. So the average time frame to create a reel is about 30 to 45 minutes for somebody who's pretty comfortable creating them. Um, it can take you hours if you're doing, you know, stop and go type filming. So if you do one reel a month, I'm good with that. Just make sure that you are at some regular interval creating reels because they do help. They will get additional exposure and Instagram will push them out. Your reels do not need to be you dancing. They do not need to be you lip syncing at all. <laughs> they can be educational content. You don't have to be on camera. You can have, you can take a photo and turn it into a video of a reel. Like it, there's so many things you can do. Instagram stories is kind of the exception um, to all of this because Instagram stories and feed are mutually exclusive of each other. And they're like two different things all within the same app, but stories more is better. So with stories, if you can have a fresh post every single day, do it. It's the content that only lasts 24 hours. So if you post something on Monday, but I don't come onto Instagram until Wednesday, I'm not seeing your stories. So I'm not interacting with your content. I'm not getting your message. And that doesn't mean that you need to duplicate everything. But we, if you have a campaign, if you're promoting people into your newsletter, if you're promoting people into your, you know, your webinar or whatever it is, you want to post that repeatedly over that week or two week campaign 
into your story so that people are guaranteed to see it no matter what day of the week they come in. Um, and also stories tend to be a little bit more casual. We kind of let our hair down a little bit more in our stories. Most people find highest conversions out of stories because we tend to be a little bit more casual. We tend to be more consistent. Uh, we tend to be a little bit more present and like, oh, here's like three or four stories today. And they're getting more of your content. It's, it's more conversational. And that tends to drive more business results. So whether that's using the link sticker, saying link in bio, getting people to navigate to watch your reel, you know, whatever it is, people tend to see the highest conversions in general from their stories. So if you can commit to those, um, and if you, if you, if you have the time, put more time into the stories. Yeah. I love, I'm curious when you log in, this is just a random question. Yeah. When you log into Instagram, what's the first thing you go to? Do you go to stories? Do you go to feed? Do you go to real? What do you go to first? So I go to feed. I am hands down a feed girl. I will scroll through the feed for a good little while. I usually then hit over to explore, um, and scroll through explore because I've, I've conditioned my explore page. It's all basically celebrity news gossip. So I can find <laughs> out what's going on in the world of celebrity gossip, uh, which fun fact you it's a smart algorithm. When you go to the search on, on Instagram, the more you interact with the type of content, the more it shows you that content. So if you don't like what you're seeing in your explore, stop looking at that content. <laughs> I had so many times when they're like, I keep getting all these videos of haircuts. I'm like, do you keep watching them? And they're like, well, yeah, they're popping up. I'm like, stop watching them. <laughs> So you can condition it. It will learn what you like and it will show you more of that. Um, and then so you, after a little bit and explore, then I usually go back over and that's when I go through stories. But I don't watch a lot of stories. I probably watch about five or six peoples that are the top of my stories feed that are usually my closest friends. And then I'm kind of like, meh, I'm out. <laughs> that's so funny. And that's what I think is interesting is, and I've done a couple of polls on this on my on my stories just curious what people do. And it's funny because I go straight to stories first mm. because I'm more of the like, Oh, the feed stuff I can get to. It's fine. I sometimes yeah. even forget to go to my explore page, but stories I really love because it's more of that. Like you said, like the behind the scenes, it's a little more casual. Yeah. I like to feel like I get to see like, Oh, what is, Real. you know, what's Jen up to on the weekend with her, with yeah. her daughter, what are they you know going on vacation or whatever? I like that part of it. Um, and I find that that's where the conversations for me happen is I'll post a story and someone responds. So it's interesting to me that, and it's a great example of how there's something for everybody Yeah, and that you can create content in all these different places to sort of serve your audience in different ways. Um, cause you may have people like you that come on, they go straight to the feed. So that's where you're giving them value. And you may have people that go straight to the stories and that's where you can build connections with them on a more personal level. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting to just kind of, and that's a good pull, like throw that out in your story. So and be like, Hey, what do you yeah. watch first? When you come on Instagram, get kind of a gauge of what people are doing and focus on that a little bit more for a few days. And I think too, I wrote this down is, um, testing, you know, yeah. you kind of touched on that. I was like, and I think that's so smart. I think people get this idea in their head that like, Oh, so-and-so said, that I have to post twice a day, every day. So I'm going to do that. And then they don't get results because they've over, you know, ever done it and they yeah. burn themselves out and they disappear for three weeks because they burned out. <laughs> right. They're tired. So, yeah. So I, I love that you're saying to like, test it, you know, test and see what works with your audience. Maybe carousel, maybe your audience love to swipe through carousels yeah. or maybe they really love a great infographic, you know, or something that they can save and go re reference back to later. Like 
don't be afraid to test new things because what works for you might not work for me and might not work for somebody else. And that's the thing. I am the, I'm the epitome of what not to do on Instagram, which is the funniest thing in the whole wide world. My, like I am the outlier on everything. So I have insanely good reach typically on my feed posts. And so that's where I create most of my, my high quality content goes to the feed because I don't have to try and I'll reach three, 4,000 people. If I try, I can reach 7,000 people on my stories. I reach 200 across the board. I will <laughs> never reach more than 200 people on a story. And I'm, and I have like 28,000, 27,000, whatever followers. And I literally only reach 200 people in my stories, but most brands have the opposite, right? They get crazy good story reach and engagement and then their feed posts tank. And I'm like, I'm just this weird outlier. But again, I've crafted my content and built an audience around this type of behavior that tend to go for the feed, tend to go for that longer caption and don't tend to watch as many stories. But you don't know that unless you're looking at your insights. You don't know that unless you're creating all that content. Like if someone said, Jen, you have to create stories, I'd be doing that and saying, it's not working. I'm only reaching 200 people. I'm not getting any conversions. It's not working. So you have to trust your insights because your insights is your audience literally telling you what they are consuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the insights. That's one thing I think a lot of people kind of sleep on that. I'm like, no, get to know your insights. Even if you're not like, I'm not a numbers person by nature, but I've learned to be, yeah. and I would avoid my insights for a while. And now it's like my best friend and I yeah. have, I'm there all the time. So yeah. All right. A couple more questions real quick. And I know we, I won't take too much of your time today. I know you have other things to do, but um, what would you say are some of the common mistakes you see people making on Instagram when it comes to their business? Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Well, I mean, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> so one big mistake people make is they try to use the wrong hashtags. So a lot of people think, oh, well, let me use hashtag 4th of July, or let me use hashtag Christmas, or let me use hashtag, you know, social media. If you're using hashtags with over a million posts associated with them, they're pretty much useless. Now, there are some industries that are an exception to this, like the beauty industry, um, you know, food, fashion, some of those industries, even like bridal and photography, which are big industries on Instagram. It's hard to get hashtags that are, you know, under a million posts. And if you go to search and search a hashtag, it literally tells you how many posts are associated with it. But a lot of people use these super popular ones. Like I work with a lot of real estate professionals and they'll use hashtag real estate. And I'm like, no, there's like eight gazillion posts and that's a global international hashtag that does nothing for your business. <laughs> so if you're a local business, use local hashtags, use hashtags with your city in it. So like I literally look for hashtag San Diego restaurants because I live in San Diego. I want to know what their new restaurants are, or who's creating what, you know, new menus or things. So look for and use hashtags with your city in it. Look for things that are more specific. So instead of like hashtag real estate, 
How about, you know, first time home buying or something like that, that is more relevant to your target audience, that is more relevant to the, you know, who you serve. Um, And I always tell people, think about what your audience, again, is looking for with hashtags. So I use the example of car insurance and I'm like, if you sell car insurance, you can absolutely use Instagram, but don't use hashtag car insurance because nobody in their right mind is going to Instagram to find car insurance. Like they're going to go to Google, right? So that doesn't mean you can't sell car insurance. It doesn't mean you can't be on Instagram, but if you use hashtag car insurance, the only people looking at that are other car insurance brokers. You're not helping yourself, but things like hashtag dream car, my first car, um, the type of car, like if someone's obsessed with Jeeps or something like that, you start creating your content and using the hashtags where your audience hangs out. They're looking at those hashtags. They're looking for that content. And if someone's looking for the first car or their dream car, what do they need? They're going to need car insurance. So you're there, but you need to go where they are, not where, you know, where you're like, oh, well, this is what I do. And these are the hashtags I'm going to use. And same thing with your captions, you know, make sure you're crafting those captions to serve that audience. A lot of people, you know, especially starting out, they're like, okay, I'm here to sell you know, and they come out hot and they're, you know, here, sign up for this. Here, we got this. We got a new product. If all you're doing is push, 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 your reach is going to go down and you're talking to avoided space. There's not going to be anybody there. You have to be providing that value. Put out the the entertainment. Um, You know, I hate engagement bait, but you need it. You need the fluff content to keep people interacting with your content so that when they're interacting with it, you stay in the feed So that when you do the sales post, they actually see it. (laughs) And so you want to mix in some of the entertainment. You know, you were mentioning like I'll post stories or or content about my daughter. That's fluff content. It doesn't serve my audience, but people like to see my daughter. So it gets me an engagement boost. Then I put up, you know, educational content. Here, we had 14 updates this month on Instagram. Here's four of them. Blah, 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 blah. You know, here's news from Adam Mazzari. So I'm putting out educational content. And then when I do put up a post and I'm like, hey, by the way, come join my membership, profit your profile. Da, 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 da. They're like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Because I've given them all of this other value and, and the content that gets the engagement so that when I put out that promo piece, they actually see it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's so good. I always say like, I follow the 80-20 rule. I say this a lot and kind of a lot of things is yeah. 80% of what you do needs to be helping your audience achieve a goal or make a small win or learn something. And then the other 20% can be offering them something that you, you know, you sell or that you provide for them. Those are awesome, great tips. Um, And so my last question for you before we kind of wrap up is there's a lot of people on Instagram who are quote unquote Instagram experts, you know, and you (laughs) see people who are out there and this has happened to me in my feed. I will be scrolling and I will literally see like, I'll use the hashtags as an example. I was scrolling one day and I saw one person pop up and it was a reel she had done. And it was like, um, here's how to use in hashtags in your content. You need to be using all 30 hashtags in your content. You need to be using blah, 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 blah. And then the very next post I saw was another quote unquote expert saying hashtags are not worth it. Don't put hashtags, stop using hashtags. And I was like, well, no wonder people get really frustrated because this is what's happening in our feed. So I'm curious from your perspective, how, like, what advice do you give to someone who's like, how do I filter out what is real valuable advice versus the people who are just kind of spouting information out there? 
because it is, it's confusing and it's frustrating yeah. and it's hard to know, like as a consumer, if, if you're not in the space of like knowing Instagram in and out, like you are, it's hard to kind of decide like what, what's real, what's just people like throwing things out there. So what are some tips you have for that? My first tip is going to be a little self-promotion. We like, just go follow me on Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> Join my newsletter. I got you covered. Um, but here's the thing. Most people are regurgitating something they heard. Most people are regurgitating something they heard that validates their feelings. So if you feel like Instagram isn't working and someone comes out and says, Instagram changed the algorithm and it's not working, you're like, yes, it did. There is zero proof of this statement anywhere that says Instagram changed anything, but someone said something that validates how you feel and you regurgitate it. This is this is social media in itself. <laughs> but it that's what so many of the issues are because somebody will come out and say, you know, hey, only use five hashtags on Instagram. And so somebody goes, well, that sounds good. Let me try that. And they try that and they go, sure, that worked for me. I'm going to tell everybody that that's what they have to do. And that's not a study. That's not a case study. That's a singular post. It's an outlier. And who knows what the rest of their strategy involved for them to make that statement. And then a bunch of people jump on that bandwagon. So what I usually recommend is, first of all, go and look and see who's touting this information. Is this somebody who has ever talked about Instagram before? Because there was about four years ago, someone who came out, she was an artist and she made a very bold statement about some Instagram things and it blew up the internet. And I was like, she's an artist. Why did anybody believe her? But we had massive, like, like A-level celebrities quoting this person. And I was like, who is she? She literally does never talk about Instagram ever. So if they've never talked about Instagram, let's maybe not take all that advice. Um, other things to look for are how often they change their opinions on things. So a lot of these experts are just touting whatever the newest you know, word on the street is. And if three months ago they said do X and now they're saying do Y and those don't align, that's probably a good indication that they're not actually looking at the data. Um, this is something that I tout, you know, repeatedly. It's something I pride myself on is that I never make a statement about Instagram until it has been tested repeatedly. And that means not my content. I will ask a bunch of people. I will reach out to people. We have, I have so many DMs that happen on Instagram with various people around the world so that we go, yeah, we're all noticing this. And I'll talk about it in my Facebook group. Anybody else noticing this? And when we notice a trend, then we talk about it publicly. And that's why a lot of times something will happen and you don't hear from me. And it's because I'm actually researching it. I'm not just sharing it from the rooftops. And Instagram is honestly a good source um, in the sense that they sugarcoat a lot of things. But if they're going to make a big change, Instagram does actually tell us. Adam Mazzari does uh, regular weekly updates. He does regular updates in his Instagram stories with an Ask Me Anything format. And he does a regular reel every week where he comes out and says what's new on Instagram that week. Go follow him. Go look and see what he is saying. And again, it's sometimes a little fluffy. But if you're uncertain about how things are going, he will actually address a lot of these, these questions and things like that. So he's another good resource. Um, but really it is, it comes down to just, you know, do some due diligence, look and see who you're following, look and see who they're following, <laughs> you know, look and see what they're sharing. Um, and if it sounds too good to be true, it might be. 
Um, or if it sounds too validating to your own opinions, it might just be that. It might not actually be based in any, you know, fact or data. Yeah. I will add one little thing that I like to do sometimes is I will go into their comments. So mm. if I see someone post something that'll say like, oh, use five, only five hashtags and make sure they're all over a million, whatever, you know, like right. things silly. I'll go into their comments and I will see like if someone is even slightly like debunking what they're saying or arguing what they're saying, how do they respond to that? To me, that's a big indicator of, are they open to hearing what other people have to say? Are they ignoring those comments and only responding to the ones that match what they, you know, have said in their content? Um, That says a lot right there, in my opinion, is how they are responding to other people within their, you know, their content, their comment section. So that's a great point. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I have loved chatting with you. I could continue talking with you about Instagram (laughs) all day. So I really appreciate it. But tell everybody um, where they can find you, how they can follow you, because clearly they want to make sure that they're getting all of their information from you. Um, And then I know you mentioned you have your um, membership program. So I want you to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me everywhere as Jens, J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. I'm on Instagram as Jens underscore trends, Twitter, YouTube, all the things uh, with that same thing. It's jenstrends.com. Again, J-E-N-N-S, T-R-E-N-D-S.com is my website. Uh, If you want to sign up for the newsletter, which I highly recommend because the first Wednesday of every month, we send out a newsletter and it has every single Instagram update. So whether it's nine updates or 22, which we've had 22, um, I send all that out in a once a month newsletter and you can sign up for that at bit.ly forward slash J-E-N-N-S Jen's Trends Newsletter. It's always from the two ends in Jen, uh, but go ahead and sign up for that newsletter. Go get all of that information. And then like, yeah, as you mentioned, I have my, my membership program, profityourprofile.com. It's dedicated to Instagram marketing. Uh, and, but we also cover business. And so kind of like on the podcast here today, we'll talk some business things. We talk Instagram things. We do four live sessions every month to help you break down and understand everything. So we break down all of the news and updates from that newsletter on the first Friday of every month. We do two live trainings, one with me and one with a guest expert. Uh, We've had Rome Johnson from Microsoft. We've had Master Chef winner Claudia Sandoval. Uh, We've had legal experts. We've had reels experts. Uh, Whatever it is, every month we have a theme and we bring in an expert to help teach more on that topic. Um, And then we do live office hours every week. So you can come and hang out and just ask me your questions and talk strategy and talk about all those things that you're working with on your Instagram account as well. So it's a chance for you to get in there and really understand how Instagram works to stay up on all these news and the the whiplash that we've been having lately with the back and forth on Instagram. So definitely check that out, profityourprofile.com. Awesome. Well, I will say just a quick little... um, toot your horn for you is I signed up for your newsletter. Like I said, after I found out about you through Katie and in my email account, I have folders where it's like, if someone has content, I want to save. So you have your own folder inside of my email account where all of your emails live (laughs) because I'm like, Ooh, these are things that are like really good. And like, you're one of the ones that I will stop and actually spend time reading. Cause there's a lot that I get that I just kind of throw into a folder. I'm like, eh, when I have time, I'll read that. When I get yours each month, I'm like, oh, I got to see what's going on. Like, let me let me take a minute and read this. So they really are super beneficial and super helpful. So everyone needs to go and sign up for that for sure. 
Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, I put a lot of love into that newsletter every month and that's people are like, you do this every week. I'm like, no, I cannot. I'm like, do you know how much work it takes to put this newsletter together? Because it is, it's all the Instagram updates. We do all the big social media news as well. So whether it's, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, YouTube, whatever, I share a lot of those big news updates. Um, and then additional resources, things that are going on in the industry, you know, training events, webinars, all that kind of stuff that I know. I know a lot of people in the industry and then when they've got events, we'll share that out in the newsletter as well. So yeah, we, we put a lot in there for everybody. Well, it shows and we appreciate it. So thank you again, Jen. I really appreciate it. I'll have all of that linked down in the show notes for anyone that wants to um, grab any of those or go follow you. And I appreciate your time and we'll hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Kendra. It was fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. And send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories, tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.